listening to Films and Swearing, a movie podcast with your hosts, Stuart Sutherland and Magic Mike Christie, and you wee fuds are listening to episode 256. Hello, how's it going folks? It's me, your host Stuart Sutherland, join me across the internet, Magic Mike Christie. Yo. And tonight we are starting our... Uh, three episode tribute to the year 1996 we kind of thought well it is well for some of the films coming out of 1996 it is now going to be like the 25 year anniversary of these films and it was kind of like a pivotal year for us as well when watching film so over the course of the next three episodes we'll be covering four films tonight we start with comedy And we are going to be picking apart Ben Stiller's The Cable Guy. But before we get into that, we thought we'll warm up and talk about some of the other comedies that that we know of from the year 1996. So Mike, any films off the top of your head that stood out from that year? Uh, I mean... Probably one of the bigger ones you had to go with is, uh, and it was briefly brought back into Force Mind the last few days, was a uh, Happy Gilmore. Yes! Did you see the video of Adam Sandler? I did, I did. Fucking playing golf. Aye. So, and that's it, that's one of like the, the, the other big comedies that came out that year. I feel like Cable Guy and Happy Gilmore were kind of cut from the same cloth, although Happy Gilmore being, I would, I would say that the more, well, maybe not more successful, but still, maybe the more popular of the two. Ah, it's kind of made a, like a slapstick. Like a light-hearted comedy rather than this one. Aye, and that's it. I feel that was like the launching platform for Adam Sandler. That was like his breakout role, wasn't it? It yeah. just got easier yeah. after that. Uh, I remember, because with the year 1996, I think... I think if it was 96 or 97, but I remember specifically getting these two films uh, on VHS for my Christmas one year. And it was a double bill of Mars Attacks and The Nutty Professor. (laughs) And The Mars Attacks came in like a double VHS case, which was a fucking t-shirt with the film's logo on it and the tape. I think it was like a fucking, it felt like an XL t-shirt as well, just like this huge Mars Attacks t-shirt, just printed on white. But I can't remember them. Uh, I, I really can't remember them uh, releasing like a, that VHS that you got. No, but oh, I mean, I, I think I wore out the tape on uh, The Nutty Professor. Fucking, that ah, was, was gold. It was Eddie Murphy, yeah. Exactly. It fucking, it was like 12, no, well, at least half a dozen Eddie Murphys. Like that, that fucking dinner scene with him and his family. Mm. And it's literally, it's all him and a pipe for this chubby kid. Like the crowd, what, Hercules. And it was always oh, yeah. the uh, mum fucking cheering him on, going, Hercules, Hercules, Hercules. And he's fucking flexing his, his muscles. Uh, I said I watched that last year because it was on Netflix. And I don't think I've, I've ever properly watched the second one. 
right from start to finish. Like I've always seen parts of it, but just it never. I had a, I had a soft spot for the second one. Yeah, I quite, I quite liked it. Yeah, because I think you gave me it to begin with. I think hated you, it. I think you had taped it for me, and I just never got around to watching it. But I reckon I think it was like it was kind of the same formula, but they were taking it a step further, and it just maybe wasn't as uh, well received as the the rest. Another one, obviously, it kind of comes out as like a Christmas classic itself. Jingle all the way. <laughs> like maybe that's more guilty pleasure, but oh fuck! Seeing Ar- like Arnie run around after Sinbad, chasing after fucking action figures. Mm. It was funny because that's like he's this big action star, and now he's just this dad who's <laughs> trying to make things right by getting the hot gift for Christmas. It's like, almost kind of like like Christmas past if fucking folk trying their hardest to get a PS Five. Yeah, that, that's it. That's what and I always see. I keep seeing people online saying that oh, they've got it like in America, like say Walmart and fucking uh, Target or whatever, or, uh, Best Buy and stuff. It's like it's in their trolley and they're checking out, and then as they're ready, confirm the payment. It's away. Wah, wah. It's gone. It's done. Aye, that's it. Part of me was like, oh, we should definitely go for the PS Five this year, and the kids haven't really hit, suggested it yet, and uh, maybe you should wait a year. Because I do want to be that dad that promises the PS5 and is unable to deliver it unless I'm found wrestling like a black postman trying to steal it off of him and his child. Why does it have to be a black postman? Isn't that what Sinbad was? Like a black male man? Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, I, I wasn't... I didn't get much of them here. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe yeah, what it's be... a, a, a PS5 and not a fucking bomb. Uh, moving on, moving on. <laughs> Just because that was incredibly awkward, Mike. What other comedies from nineteen ninety six do you like? Remember in the film, remember they go to the radio station. Oh yeah, it's a bomb threat. It's a bomb. Jesus Christ! Yeah. I thought you thought I was racially profiling. I thought you no, were racially no, no, profiling. No, no, I was like, man, no. this episode's fucked to begin with. No. So yes, neither um, of us could fucking remember Jingle All the Way. <laughs> <laughs> Um, another one that we covered it a few years back is uh, the Birdcage. Oh, fucking classic! That is the fifth one on my list here. <laughs> oh, it is like that was one that we never really paid attention to as kids because it wasn't really aimed at us. Uh, but still, Robin Williams, fucking Nathan Lane, like the the fucking it's scene with the toast. Oh, the toast. What is it, a fucking men's smear? Ah, <laughs> oh, fuck, I couldn't. <laughs> it's, it's the bit where he puts the fucking knife through the toast. <laughs> He's fucking... Oh, piece of toast! <laughs> he was greeting. Oh, man, that's so fucking... Oh, that's good. I know, I, I need... wish it was still on Netflix. I, I honestly, I need to acquire a copy of that, or that needs to get some fucking special treatment. Like a nice... Because fucking... Because Gene Hackman's role was like... One of his aides is like, there's like a subplot involving like their aide fucking being caught with somebody, I think. Yeah, aye, there's a scandal going on and he's trying to avoid it. And then the thought of um, his son's or like his daughter's fiance's got a gay couple for parents and 
and then thought, right, we'll just dress Nathan Lane up and pretend to be a woman. We're all good. Just to protect his public image. But man, uh, that is a f- stutter of a film. I, another one I had, which will be my last pick, was kind of one of those early piss takes that I can remember. Obviously, you had the vein of uh, Aeroplane, Top Secret. But for me, it was Leslie Nielsen in Spy Hard. Oh, God, I've not seen that in fucking years. It could be absolutely awful now, but shit, when there's, like, the scene where the, I think a woman was hanging off the edge of a cliff, he reaches over, grabs onto her, but she keeps falling, and his arms just stretch like Stretch Armstrong. Just absolute nonsense. But, man, it, it was, it was, like, it was Frank for the fucking Naked Gun movies. The guy was comedic gold. I'm trying to think, was that? That wasn't the one where they took the piss out of uh, the fugitive. Eh? That wasn't the one where he. No, nah, and that's a different one completely. Oh, I can, I, I'd imagine they took the piss out of everything with that one. Right, you got any other films for 96? Now, I, I just cherry picked from a list on uh, Letterboxd. Just 1996 mm. and comedy, and then just kind of picked from there. And I think, obviously, that took out Fargo. Because Fargo's kind of a dark comedy. Aye. Like, yeah, it's uh, kind of thrill and suspense, but there's, there's dark comedic elements to it. Yeah, I've got a relatively unknown film. Like, I don't know if you'll have ever seen it or heard it, but... One that I fucking I taped one night on BBC one years ago and I I watched it and it's, it appeals to me and it's quite light hearted as a Celtic Pride. Celtic Pride, no, not. Nah. Aye. I'm not familiar. I'm intrigued. Tell me. It's uh, so Dan Aykroyd and Daniel Stern play uh, like Boston Celtic like fucking diehard Celtic fans. Right. And uh it's no fucking, it's no Keenan Ivory. It's Damon Wayans he plays for the, I think, I'm assuming it's like the fucking Lakers or something in a championship game. Mm-hmm. And they kidnap uh, Damon Wayans. Huh. And, I, and it's just, it's a fucking riot, man. It's fucking, I've not seen it in absolute years, but I used to watch it maybe twice a year, I think, whenever it was on. Yeah. And it's always worth, but I mean, Bam Acro is fucking brilliant to watch and Daniel Stern was pretty good in as well but I'm trying to fucking I really can't remember much else I'm kind of actually fucking wanting to uh, like look out and rewatch it mm-hmm. hmm. I'll have to have a look out for that myself okay that's worth the watch like. yeah right let's have a wee look at our film for today obviously we'll give you a warning now Today we are going to be discussing Ben Stiller's The Cable Guy starring Matthew Broderick and Jim Carrey. If you have not seen this film before, give me a second and I'll just pull out the old... I hope you can hear it. That is the old spoiler warning for about like 100 episodes ago. And also might be Cesaro's uh, entrance theme. But still, if you have not seen The Cable Guy, 
This is your warning. Turn off the episode. Go watch it. It's on Netflix. It's like 90 minutes of your life. And then come back and resume this episode. You've been warned. Smooth as fuck. Right. Okay. So, the cable guy. There's a big part here where I say, paste director's notes that, oh yeah, I saved all that shit on my, my other laptop. Oh well, I'll guess, think off the top of my head. So yes, from director Ben Stiller. Prior to this, as a director, I think this was his second big major like directing gig. He had one before it, which was like a film with Ethan Hawke. Um... And could I remember the name of it? No, I can't. But I feel like this was maybe his takeoff point, like directing wise, because all the films he directed after that are huge. I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of other films he directed apart from. Has he directed Trouble Thunder? Eh? Yes. He has 23 Aye. directing credits. Now, a lot of it's a mixture of TV. Uh, some short films. Now, the film with Ethan Hawke from 1994 was Reality Bites. Uh, uh, Winona Ryder, right. Ethan Hawke and Ben Stiller. Of course, you had Cable Guy in 1996. The film stars Jim Carrey as The Cable Guy, Matthew Broderick as Stephen M. Kovacs, Leslie Mann as Robin Harris, Jack Black as Rick, George Siegel as Stephen's father, Diane Baker as Stephen's mother, and Ben Stiller as Sam Sweet and Stan Sweet. Mike, what's the plot to The Cable Guy? Um, so, Jim Carrey plays a, a lonely cable guy, if you will, mm-hmm. and he just, he just wants people's like friendship. That's all he wants. All he wants is to be people's pal. That's Doesn't a very... matter if he fucks about with a life or not, he just wants to be everybody's pal. Yes, aye. Slightly intrusive. Yes. Mike, <laughs> I, in short, what did yeah. you think of the film? <laughs> I've fucking been a fan of this film since probably the first time I watched it. I, I do remember reading it for Walkers back in the day. Oft. And uh, and it appealed to me. I, I thought it was quite funny. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, like fucking getting older and watching it, you start to notice a bit more and you understand it a bit more. Yeah, and notice how dark and, it uh, is. And uh, and uh, to me, uh, it genuinely feels that it's Jim Carrey's most underrated role. Eh? Oh, like, people just didn't un- like people didn't understand it because obviously Aye. it came out right at the back of fucking like Ace Ventura and the Mask. Aye, aye. That's I've, I've kind of pulled out his f- filmography for the late nineties because the boy was knocking them out like hit after hit. I mean, for me, I've seen it. I maybe a good few times as a kid. Um, I think we maybe got it like taped off of Sky Movies, or we got like a pirate copy. because uh, I, I, I never, I don't think I had a chance to rent it then. I don't think it was. I probably looked at it as harmless fun then, but watching it now, God, it's, uh, it's dark. 
Jim Carrey's like fucking turned up to twelve, and obviously you. You, I'm trying to think, who would you like sympathise with, like back in the day? Because now I'm kind of on like Matthew Broderick's side. Is like, man, just leave me alone. Cool, okay, I've got free cable, but fuck, right, you're overstepping your boundaries. I, it's kind of a, a level playing field a wee bit. Eh? Like, yeah, obviously, fucking. Like you kind of wonder if, like, like why. Like, can, like, why Kerry gave him like free cable at the start in the first place? And that many. It's all Jack Black's fault. And all that, and I, aye, exactly. Jack like, Black's fault. <laughs> aye. If he didn't, he fucking put him in that awkward social situation of uh, here's 50 bucks, go and give me all the channels. And this guy saw his opportunity. I was like, <gasps> friendship. Not only will you get all the channels, you'll get me. And a fucking is, stolen home cinema system. It's something else. It's one of these ones where I think it is it's kind of looked upon as maybe a somewhat cult classic because it is it is different for Jim Carrey. Because, I mean, let's see, 1994, I think that's probably like peak, like the peak of his career because in that one year you had Ace Ventura, The Mask and Dumb and Dumber. Yeah. So that's like three fucking top tier films. Pretty much at that point, it was the top top comedian at that point. Eh? Oh, definitely, because you know, I mean, he was he was a fucking the person that everybody wanted in the film. Aye, because that's it. They fucking put him in Batman the year after. Like '95 had him for Aye. Batman Forever and Ace Ventura Two. But, but the the thing is, like, like, like Batman Forever is like a lot more like harder than fucking the Cable Guy. Yes, and of course, Cable Guy followed in '96, and you kind of thought. I was thinking, just not guessing the filmography in my head, and I thought, oh, maybe this is what is kind of maybe on the decline because he's going for like a darker. This is not the film you could take your, like your kids to, because uh, this must have been 15 rated or 12. I think it was a 12, because that. Strange, um, like sequence where obviously, uh, well, we have to cry him Chip, the cable guy, uh, was having uh, that the fucking karaoke party at Stephen's place, and it cuts to Stephen and prostitute in the bedroom, and it's just a really wonky head massage because that is like uh, erotic as we can get in a twelve. Like the <laughs> look on fucking Matthew Broderick's face is like she was fucking. Yanking the head off it, but no, she's just <laughs> rubbing his temples, and he's melting in her hands. And I was like, ah, this must be a twelve, because this is, this is not usually what you get a hooker to do. Yeah, <laughs> but okay. Following Cable Guy, obviously, ninety seven, he had a liar, liar, which was another classic. Uh, then ninety eight, ninety nine. There's two fucking big ones, and like you've got Truman Show and Man on the Moon. And God, I I feel like Truman Show was like my fucking top tier Jim Carrey film. That is like my number one film with Jim Carrey. But Mm. man, I really wish I could revisit Man on the Moon again, especially after seeing that uh, Jim and Andy documentary. Like I reckon if that would push it. I want to say that fucking Man on the Moon was on BBC iPlayer for a while. Hmm. Then it kind of is still there. 
Aye. But, I mean, that um, was a, that five, six year span, like, has been, I was not going to say the, the peak of his career because he done more, like, the fucking uh, Bruce Almighty movie, Eternal Sunshine and Spotless. Aye, exactly, you still. I fucking love me myself and I didn't ask another. It's, it's not a dark role, but it's just like the, the uh, whole regal with fucking, um, it's kind of dark, but. Aye. But it's, 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 it's rude as well. Like, was there not like a guy trying to kill me? Just fucking wax him out with a dildo. Aye. Yeah. Aye, it's 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 a fucking rude film, but that's what is fucking it's brilliant. Like the bit that always fucking breaks me is like the fucking. Not the uh, breastfeeding. No, no, it's a fucking. It's a bit like when he's uh, also got the kids and he's at the barbecue and all that, and he's fucking. Like cutting up the fucking big massive sausages on the grill and all that. And he's like, Pal says that fucking his three kids' dicks in the pool look bigger than his sausages and all that. <laughs> and just fucking, like, you just, uh, you can see him dying inside and everything. Yeah. He's got sunglasses on and he's fucking hacking away on the barbecue, man. Just, Aye. Oh, that breaks me every time I see it. Aye. That is a fucking classic. That and, but... the, that and the bit with the fucking with the cow where he shoots the cow about eight times and still dead. Yeah, the fucking god level cow, that like level ninety nine. Mm. You cannot kill this fucking beast. There's another clip at the end of the cow still alive. I feel there's like a stinger ah, of it. It's got like a fucking, it's got like bandages. Exactly, but it's still going. Like fucking bring it! <laughs> I'm not dead yet. Ah, uh, but it's... I mean, let's have a look at the fucking. Uh, characters. So Stephen's obviously your uh, just a white collar worker. Like he, he's sort of like business level, but he's he's in a slump, and like he's got a lot riding on him at work. His girl's no longer interested in him. He's he's been kicked out. So I reckon if he's kind of portrayed as ah, oh, this guy does need a friend. Uh, I mean, obviously, look, Jack Black is like kind of like he's. Only the pal that you kind of see in the film. Yeah. And I'll go uh. Because what is it? He's like a fucking. What's the job against? Like he builds buildings or something. Aye. And Jack Black's kind of like like part of a TV crew. You always uh, kind of those scenes, you always see him on set, but aye. Stephen's kind of like a businessman, and there's always like a big proposal about buying out like an old school and turning it into like a luxury villa with a swimming pool and. All the fucking bells and whistles, but he's sitting taking uh, the piss out of his like his boss, like this boss with the hair plugs. But obviously uh, everything's riding on Stephen. It's all gonna be his fault if it fucking sinks. But the film kind of starts right away, doesn't it? Like literally, he gets cable in like the first five ten minutes, and it's a situation that all cunt has to deal with, where you're sitting in waiting for a delivery. And the seconds that right, I'm gonna go for a quick shite, and then oh, they're chopping at the door. But obviously, <laughs> Stephen's case, the, like he was away for a shower, and he just got to the point where he put the shampoo in, got all lathered up. Then it's <laughs> fucking <laughs> Jim just going cable guy, cable guy, cable, and just fucking going absolute ten to the dozen on the door. Mm-hmm. And there's one of these things I think how. Date, like, also the technology looks fucking dated like that home cinema 
Like the racks, oh, the fucking yeah. the tower for the fucking sound system karaoke is like Jesus Christ. There's like fucking columns, monoliths out of a fucking Stanley Kubrick movie in his fucking like, living room. Like the fucking that's when they get some the home cinema system. Yeah. Like, like the TV's square. The TV's no longer like, <laughs> no rectangle as what they are in these days. Yeah. It's fucking but, square. And it probably would have been a giant like it wouldn't have been like a flat screen. It would have had that fucking giant back to it as well. That would be a fucking oh, cunt aye, to aye, move. Aye, well, the cables and all that. Yeah. Oh, and if, remember, remember you used to be able to plug in if you plugged in your PlayStation like you had like three coloured cables that went into a wee clip that would go into the back of the TV unit. Mm-hmm. Instead of just a standard fucking HDMI or a... Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, that's it. You had... Like, it had, like, that typical 90s, like, oh, home cinema, let's have, like, some sort of screensaver. Be a fireplace. Because nothing screams, like, up-to-date technology as that. But I do love how, like, obviously his failed attempt of, like, right, uh, could I get three channels? And, no, yeah, I'll hook you up. And Jim's playing an accent the whole time where he's kind of got, like, the lisp. Where it's his wee speech impediment. And he kind of gets, like, not tricked into agreeing to go on a, a like that, we visit up aye, to the, the band, satellite. A band tour, aye. Yeah. Aye, satellite, yeah. Aye. And I think, was it about then or a bit later where you get that flashback? No, it's later because um, he already kind of knows about Stephen's personal life. Like, ah, oh, single guy moving in. You used to be registered at this address, now you're here. That's that's love trouble. And he starts trying to f- like fix his his personal life by saying, oh man, Sleepless in Seattle's on telly. Should like, invite her over, cook a steak. Sleepless in Seattle, it's a sure fact. It's like, a, you'll get there. Like, that'll fix things up. And fucking um, Chips, like Chips, uh, Chip. Jim Carrey's character's outside in the van, fucking watching it. And you get that heartbreaking flashback. Yeah. Where he's just a kid, raised by television. And he's like, Mom, when am I getting a brother? And he's like, well, that's why I'm going to happy hour. And it's like, oh, jeez. Was she going going to the pub to try and pull somebody? Or was happy hour like like happy hour on the street corner? No, no, she's definitely just pumping somebody in a pub bathroom. (laughs) Fucking trying to uh, bring home a sibling for him. One of the things I noticed, like when I watched uh, the other night, uh, I was doing my notes yesterday. I was I watched like three wee like ten minute videos on like YouTube about like folk talking about it and stuff like that. And they go they go a wee bit in depth and stuff, so it kind of helped with the notes and that. But one of the things I did notice was that um, did you did you did you go through like, the, the cast and crew of the film? Uh, not in depth, no. I, I obviously I, I recognise a lot of people in the cast because they're sort of like faces before they were famous. Yeah, but not the crew. Uh, but um, Judd Apatow was listed as a producer, and he was a un uncreditedly writer as well. Like he kind of helped ah. write the script as well. Nah, I never noticed any <clears> of that. I did see a credit saying that Bob Odenkirk is in the film, but I couldn't fucking see Aye, him. He he uh, plays fucking Steve's brother. Oh like, shit! You see them when they're 
when it's like the, the, the family date night, like they're playing games. Ah, when they're playing that game and all that. Ah, yeah. Fuck, fuck. I did ah, not notice there. him. Yeah. Oh, and I mean, that sequence alone is... Aye. Like, it's kind of cringeworthy because it, what was it? It was like password portal, but it was... Aye, like porno password or yeah. whatever. Yeah, and they're just pushing Steve to the edge constantly where it's like... I mean, what was it? Was it like, I think the word, first word was like vagina and he had to uh, try and explain that to his mum. And of course, like, it's it's <laughs> like Chip and Robin are thick as thieves at this point. So they're getting on like a house in fire. It's just, like, it, it feels like it should be in a film where Stephen murders Chip. Like, he was just pushed to the yeah. edge. Like, what is... <laughs> <clears throat> It was just how fucking awkward it was when he's trying to explain, like, Arikin. It's even just the way Jim Carrey's face, like, when he whispered the word nipple, and the way his fucking uh, lips and tongue point out. <laughs> and it's like, oh, he's just, just pushing the guy. Like, he's in amongst his family, and he's just pushing him out. And he just has that fucking meltdown, and Stevens made it to look like a complete arsehole. And there's Chip in amongst his whole family, and they're all around him. And you're just like, you bastard. But then that's the classic fucking, that's a classic trope of like, can like fucking like, like thriller films where like you want like folks stalking them. And, Aye. And you can, like, they're in the wrong, but they're made out to be the sympathetic character, and like, yeah. can, everyone's fucking going the opposite way. Um, one, of the, like, one of the things I always like about the film, and it's, I always wish we got married, but we didn't get enough. And I, I love the fact that, like, nothing, we never got the ending resolution. Was it was a wee subplot involving Ben Stiller's fucking twin brother murder case? Oh, aye. Yes, I, I, I adored that wee subplot because, I mean, it's, it's cool. Like, obviously, Ben is a star in his own right. So he seems to like his own parts in his own movies, but this one doesn't take over it. He doesn't interject himself as like the best friend. Ah, it's just it's just on the tail, yeah. Exactly, and it's just periodically you just see him. You get to see that like, oh, they're tw- like fucking kid actors that grew up. One joined a cult, another one, uh, fucking lost his marbles and killed him. And like, but did he? And like every fucking ten minutes, you kind of get another little snippet of the news. And then by the end of it, you get the fucking TV movie with Eric Roberts. Oh, uh, Eric Roberts! <laughs> that was fucking brilliant. Uh, but yes, I um, do love it all. Culmul- cu- all culminates. Yes, together to this fucking crescendo of the whole world's watching. It's like the fucking Truman Show. Everyone is obsessed watching the screens. What's yeah. going to happen next? And just as like Chip goes to fucking plunge to his death, he knocks at the satellite, thus cutting out the feed. And it's not like they can look at the internet. It doesn't exist. Well, uh, fully at that point. And uh, I just well, like the two, two the two videos that I watched, kind of brushed over. Was it like, can like, are we are we going to get like a a reveal later on in the film that fucking that maybe fucking Chip knew Sam and Stan Sweet and all that? Maybe he was involved in the fucking mm. murder somehow. Cause they can, that you know what I mean, because the... I, I think that would have been a nice wee a nice wee twist. Yeah, and that's like he fucking uh, alluded like. Like at the start, when he was sitting tuning in the the cable at Steve's apartment, 
and it's that shot of like Jim Carrey fingering the remote like a fucking psychopath and then it cuts uh, to the news and it's like oh I hope he fucking fries and then flicks to like another channel yeah because I think like obviously like as the film kind of ravels on and all that you get you got all the wee when you start finding everything about the fact that like, like, like Chip didn't fucking work for a cable company and all Aye. that. He uses all these aliases that are all It's all fucking TV, TV characters. characters. It's brilliant. Like, Aye. like it's almost it's almost like Chip's embodiment of TV sort of thing. Exactly. Like a child raised in front of the television. He doesn't and have like, his own like personality. Like fucking, He's like, absorbed all the personalities. And it's like when fucking the and he pushes that a wee bit too much and Stephen's like come on that I, I didn't want nothing to do with you Aye. and then he fucking gets Robin there to watch Sleepless uh, in Seattle and the cable's it exactly and so then he phones him and he's already in the fucking hallway exactly he's not even picked up but and he's then, already chopping at the door standing there with a, a torn cable and ah, it's and just like a fuse box it turns, out, it turns out it's just a fuse box it's like fuck it come on and even Stephen calls him and like, well, what's, what's with the cable? And he's like, oh, it's just for dramatic effect. It's like, oh, this cunt kins what he's doing. And then you get that fucking brilliant fucking uh, Owen Wilson cameo. Oh, yes. Because, well, that's it. On... Like, do you, obviously, Stephen's in a slump. He's on a break with Robin. And I just felt, whoa, what a cuntish thing to do. Like, Robin's going out on dates whilst they're on a break. And, of course, it's fucking Owen Wilson with the worst, like, most pompous haircut. And he's an absolute fucking chud. He's, a, he's an absolute dick in it, eh? Yeah, fucking, like, getting the guy shit about the chicken, one if it's hatched yet. And he's like, oh, no, I'm not trying to make your life, easy, like, fucking difficult, but I'm still going to act like an absolute prick. So, and then there's Chip fucking dressed as Freddie Mercury. Ready to fucking absolute batter him in the men's <laughs> toilets. Pretends to be the fucking bathroom attendant and all that. Aye. Pays the dude off. <sighs> and he's just sitting there fucking chatting to Owen. And it's when he's like getting too close and uncomfortable at the urinal and he goes through to the fucking toilet cubicle, shuts the door. And there he is, snakes up behind him. Appears out of nowhere. Aye. It was fucking. And the thing is, like, like, the noises, the noises that he makes and all like that is. Fucking can prime fucking Kerry. Aye. Like with the total slap second, like, because, like, obviously he was known in the 90s as, like, fucking rubber face. Yeah. With the facial expressions that he pulls and the noises that he makes. Oh, totally. And it's the fucking, it's the, the police uh, artist's sketch of it. And, like, Aye. <laughs> Steven's kind of. He kind of knows a wee bit, eh? Yeah, he looks at him and goes, maybe. But it was like the sunglasses and the moustache is enough to kind of. Throw throw him off the scent, <clears throat> but the, and going back to the whole fucking uh, Sam Spear in the bat. I forgot to mention was that when they play the nine one one call, and it's how blatantly racist. I the think he was Asian. Oh, it was brilliant. <laughs> it's an Asian gang. They looked Asian. They were talking Asian. It was definitely Asian. And it was just like like he was trying to find a better word, but they were Asian. <laughs> it was like oh. <sighs> Ah, oh, it was that was fucking that was a great moment. Now, one of my favourite moments was the part where, because I think it must have happened the same night that they got taken to the satellite, and they went to medieval times. 
Oh, aye, aye. And it was just that whole sequence, like, because that itself kind of had a few famous faces in it. You had, what was it? Uh, I think it was Jean Garofalo. Ah, uh, she was a uh, waitress. Yeah, like where she was giving them shit about how he kind of give them a fork and knife, but uh, would you like your Pepsi topped up? <laughs> and it's like, oh yeah, okay. So there wasn't cutlery, but there's Pepsi, and she's like, fuck you, dude, fuck you. I've got other tables to do, and then. The, the fucking, uh, was it the king or the jester was... Aye, Andy Dick. Yeah, a very young, like, he doesn't look annoying as he does in a lot of, like, where else you see him. He always seems to be annoying whatever he shows up in. But this one, he seemed alright, but... The fact that I said, right, we need two people for the crowd. And if I can pick them to, and, uh, oh, like, chip switches. Like, he almost turns into a fucking... A crazed killer. Like that first fucking spar where they're sitting referencing uh, like Star Trek. Oh, and it comes out when it starts like fucking singing the theme tune to I it. know. And it goes in tune with the fucking score to the film. <laughs> and he fucking goes with like the big battle axe and fucking swings for his gut and cuts through the the fucking chain mail. Yeah. Ah, that was And I'll, then that's when he fucking and then when he gets on, he comes out with a horse. Yeah. And as Andy Dick goes out, of fucking Matt Broderick and Andy's like, it's like, you better get up, he's no messing about, like. <laughs> and that's it, when they're sitting, uh, doing their fucking, their wee spiel to the crowd, like, Chip's sitting, mouthing along to the dialogue, so he's clearly, like, a fucking regular customer. Aye. Like, he just fucking loves it. Even, what about his wee, uh, Silence of the Lambs moment? Oh, with a chicken skin. Aye. It's like, oh, Jesus Christ. Like, that's just grotty as fuck. Like, even after the skin falls off his face, it's just like, ugh, ugh. Oh, it's grotty. And the fact that he's got, like, like everybody under his thumb, like, obviously, when shit hits the fan and fucking uh, Steve gets arrested for the stolen property. Mm Mm-hmm. And as the the postman that busts him, the postman that's at the karaoke party. Oh, aye, exactly. That was a fucked up party as well. I mean, it was I was like a sea of old people, then some really awkward, like sort of freaks and geeks type of guys. Like they look like uh, the McPoyles for Always Sunny. <laughs> it was like a family reunion. I never fucking thought of that. It's just oh, oh it's like them. A, a random cop, his pal Raul, who's like the fucking karaoke king. But oh. at first I thought fucking Raul was a Todd Phillips, but I went and checked this nowhere. <laughs> oh, that would be priceless. But oh god, it was just how Jim Carrey fucking chip was when he was singing the fucking karaoke. Like the fucking uh, you've got Aye, somebody that done, done a few times. Eh? Aye. Uh, even to the point where he's fucking running over his Adam's apple to get the fucking effects. Like, the, the stuttering sounds and... <sighs> Aye. And it was like a like a, a weird trippy dream sequence because also it was, like, edited in with Stephen having his one-night stand in the next room. And then yeah, they fucking... fucking massaged and all that. Aye. Then they bust in the room with a Polaroid camera taking fucking snaps of him. <laughs> And then, like, you'd think it was like a bad fucking ayahuasca trip. 
you're sitting making out with a lady, then fucking chip breaks in, flashes the camera. Now there's old people dancing, and like there's fucking weird McPoyle people, and it's just what's going on? <laughs> like I've been drugged. Ah, uh, the fucking. Well, also when he gets arrested and he's in, he's in the jail when fucking Chip comes to visit him. Oh, and then, like, the test kind of be his lover and like unzips his fucking shirt and fucking presses, presses the nipple his, against uh, the screen. Nipple, like, aye. Oh. And then the fact that he's like fucking, he's shouting, like screaming blue murder that fucking has been set up and that he was the fucking one that gave him it. And it's like, God, that's the man that fucking knew the rest of him. And he's like, How's that a sports package working for you? It's like, he's got fucking everybody. <laughs> I know. Everybody in his pocket. He's, he's like bigger than a corrupt cop. I was like, what's something that everyone wants? Free cable. <laughs> it's just, oh. You don't even need to be like a drug kingpin. Just be their cable guy. Nah. Oh, try and fucking, try and where it goes through. Because I'm trying to think, like, how does he get out of the fucking, who pays his bail? His dad? Was it Rick? I, I can't quite I remember, but mind. wasn't it around then he was having the trippy dream sequence? Where it was chipped oh, with the bright green <laughs> eye contact, like contact lenses, yeah. and he's absolutely and smashing like the a, door. It was almost like a seventies fucking cartoon, like chase sequence. Yes, aye, and oh, it's fucking mad gold as the fucking like the the wee high pitched uh, trippy keyboard playing, and Jim Carrey's running and matching with it, like throwing his hands up like some fucking ghoul at Scooby Doo. And they're running, and fucking Stephen can't get anywhere, and Chip's getting on, but it's the fucking eyes. The lime uh, fucking neon green eyes. Oh, spooky. Ah, uh, it's fucking so much good shit. And then the fact that, like, fucking, that's when he takes fucking Robin up to the satellite, and yeah. he relays that same speech to her. Ah, and she's already uncomfortable. Like she knows mm, it, it like, was a mistake. Like also, this if you kind of pick up what he talks about, and I, like when I was reading like trivia notes and stuff and watching the videos, he pretty much foresees the future now because he talks about like playing Mortal Kombat with like fucking like other people. Ah, in the other side the world of the world and all that, and like fucking. Like internet and fucking and watching stuff on phones and shit. Aye, totally. They obviously mm. done their research. They knew what was around the corner. Hmm. But I mean, the thing is, like the fucking like then then though, so then sequence with the fight on the Sally was fucking was well done. I thought. Yeah. Aye. Like him just him just treating it like a slip and slide and all that fucking sliding down in the rain and. Aye, and that's the rain adds a lot of drama to that, where it just kind of just it it's all fucking happening in that sequence, and mm. when fucking Stephen confronts him and he just like realizes he's at the end of the line and just gets the thought like wasn't it like a like a staple gun, like when he was fucking trying to shoot Stephen with it, and then when he gets up and he drops it. And it just falls all the way down. You hear it fucking clatter off the satellite. And he just thinks, that's it. That's the only thing I got left. Ah, it's done. <laughs> and he just fucking drop, like, just fucking goes. And you're like, man, this is dark. Where they're fucking, it's going to end on a suicide. 
Mm. And they they kind of they shoot it well because they kind of get the ah, camera coming up to the bottom, and you just ah. see the spike sticking out of them, like of the satellite, and then the clever reveal shown, like it just landed perfectly around it. Uh, it's fucking it's it's filmed perfectly in it. Thing like the editing, it's edited well with the whole fucking when they get the final oh, verdict the climax, the fucking the court trial case. and all that. Yeah, and it's and, like fucking. It's like the whole world just kind of shuts down after that. Like you see, fucking Stephen's dad fucking hitting the telly, fucking having a snack at like midnight and all that. <laughs> and it's like, come on, come on, work. And then it shows you the the high king and the knights and all that. And he's like, it's like prefer free cable man, exactly. And then there's the dudes. Whereas like, I could have swore it was Kyle Gas. It's Kyle Gas is it's it? Kyle Gas. Fucking yes. I was just guessing. It's I was Kyle like, Kyle Gas. That kind of looks like him. Maybe we'll leave it here. And then, like, and then he, he just he just picks up a fucking book and discovers the joy of reading. Like it's almost like it's almost like a joyous occasion at the fact that like the, the cables out. Come, I mean, aye. Children nowadays would be lost. Like when we had we had like a power cut over Christmas New Year, and it was literally just like, what happened to the Wi-Fi? <laughs> it's like it's gone. <laughs> Because ah, that's like, I was like, folk were without fucking power for like a couple of days. Nice and, like, one of the one of the YouTube boys that I watched, like fucking on like FIFA and all that, like mm. he fucking his girlfriend gets up in the morning and like goes out and then he can fucking how, but he's camped out in the back of his fucking car and he's like playing his fucking Xbox in the car. I'm assuming he's got fucking he's half got the car battery. Jesus, uh, dedication for his fucking. For his social media. He's stand, like standing in front of his fucking swimming pool and he like chucks like a fucking a 20 pound or whatever it is fucking brick and at the point because the pool's completely frozen there and the brick just fucking bounces off the pool and just breaks it. <laughs> like, like everyone's fucking like, you see the video of the guy and like skating across the lake in Holland. Oh no. Margaret, like just wearing his, just wearing a pair of fucking wife fronts, and then he gets that like close to the, the end there, and it just the ice just fucking breaks and just goes under it. Oh shit! I think I, I think I know what you mean. And they have to fucking fish him out with a bit of rope because every time he tries to climb out, the fucking ice breaks. Aye. Aye. It is nuts weather than it. Like Margaret showed me TikTok videos of people's fish tanks have frozen over. And I thought, like, fuck. <sighs> The fucking fish is like, like cryo frozen, like demolition man. See the, <laughs> see the bit of the side, fucking my bit, doing the stairs where the bins usually go when they get emptied and all that. Aye. Like on Saturday, man, that entire bit was fucking ice. Yeah. Like it had almost the snow that had been melting because it had been slightly raining mm-hmm. and it was really cold through the night. It was just pure ice. I went, I went to go to the shop on the Saturday and both my fucking feet were gone. I'm like, nah, I'm going right back upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> no fucking chance in that. Aye, yeah, that's it. It doesn't. It doesn't snow a lot here, but fuck, it's like one every, like once every five years, we just get it. Just it fucking hits us hard, and aye, yeah. But fuck, let's see. I'm thinking if I've got any other notes. I did have a wee bit more about uh, uh, Robin. I was saying. For Leslie Mann, I do think this would have been her breakout role. I think, because after this, she done uh, George of the Jungle and Big Daddy. Ah, uh, yeah. 
I think, was she the love interest to Adam Sandler for Big Daddy? Nah, she was the love interest of his roommate. Ah, he, right. went, he, started, he started going out with her sister. Right. Because uh, I knew, obviously, she was the main lassie in George of the Jungle. Uh, but I was just trying to kind of pinpoint what was like the big break for her, but I reckon I feel like she broke later. Like, she must have, I feel like Knocked Up was a big one for her. Uh, but surely she must have kind of been established before then. Uh, she was probably in like, in like, uh, let's see, oh, yeah, IMDb. Because that's it, obviously, she was in 40 Year Old Virgin as like the drunk lass at the club that throws up in Steve Carell's crotch. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But she definitely done it. Like, she was in, I think it was like that Bruce Willis movie, Last Man Standing. Oh, yeah. She was just a fucking. Like, she only has a tiny wee role in that, eh? Yeah, so that's it. She's She was obviously working, but the, they can. Yeah. Uh, she wasn't. Like, I think maybe George ah, yeah, of the Jungle. Like fucking... That was pretty much the first big film she done was Cable Guy, yeah. Aye. She done, she done Last Man Standing the same year, George Jungle, the year after. Then it was Big Daddy, then it was. She was in Orange County, I really can't remember her in, her in Orange County. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was like 40 year old version of Knocked Up. Aye, uh, and, and that's where she came across. Like, she's never, yeah. never the fucking, like, kind of main lassie, but she's always kind of like the... Ah, well, I suppose she was kind of the main one in This Is Forty, because that was true. about her, her and the Aye. Paul Rudd. Exactly. I feel like she's always been there, but she's, I reckon, I get definitely when it comes to, like, the, the Judd Apatow films, is where she gets her fucking chance to shine. And not just because she's fucking married to Judd. Aye. Now, the film, did you notice it kind of strangely had like a metal soundtrack to it? Ah, uh, I was... There was a few tracks on it. I kind of noticed. I went and looked through the soundtrack and all that. Like, Aye. obviously, the towards a bit at the end, like, where he's in the fucking... in the helicopter and, like, the, the poor innocent fucking, like, Helicopter guy like so it starts calling him pal and buddy and all that. Oh, I was like, like, "Am I really oh. your pal?" And it's, and like, it's just that fucking that grin, the eyes, that grin, man. It's just fucking uh, ends the film perfectly. Yeah, exactly. It, it like revitalized him. Like fucking uh, chip was renewed there. Like oh, like, his fucking next question was like, "You got cable? Do you want some?" <laughs> <laughs> But man, that the the metal soundtrack. I looked at it as well, and it they've got credits for like uh, White Zombie, Cypress Hill, and Silver Chair. I didn't recognise any of the songs, but it's just like you kind of recognise the tune because that's uh, it. They had obviously Jack Black doesn't get a lot. He just knows that fucking Chip's a prick, and he wants uh, to find. He wants to catch him out. But obviously, there's that sequence where he. Was supposed to be having like going to a concert with Stephen. Oh yeah, and he fucking forgets him, and he yeah takes absolute fucking hump. Like he goes, drops him off, and he's pissed. Oh, aye. But I but yeah, overall thoughts. It's it's a good film. It's definitely 
A Disney stand is a classic to me compared to some of his other films. I think yeah. it just it's such a strong character he plays, and like it just depends how much of a Jim Carrey guy you are, will be how well you uh, accept it. Like if if you're not really into fucking Jim Carrey's fucking mad nature, this is not the film for you because he is loud and nippy. But man, it's it's still it's fucking watchable. It's ninety minutes. And to me, at at some point, it kind of drags a little, maybe towards the end, but fucking 90 minutes, what more could you ask for? Aye, sorry. That's pretty much all my notes there, like, uh, Okay, good. Mm. Uh, You want to hit us with the the BBT? Uh, Aye. What do you think the budget for this one is? I, I feel it must have been like a fairly cheap film. There wasn't a lot. How are they, Ken? Would you like s- uh, between six and eight million? Mate, it's fucking mid 90s. Jim Carrey's just done The Mask and fucking Dumb and Dumber. Oh, and okay. And all that. I'll, I'll shut and my pass. The budget for this one was 47 million. 47. Part of me was like. Oh, there was shot some scenery at a big fucking satellite. Jim Carrey did get twenty million, and that was at the time a record. Jesus. He got twenty million for being right. in the film. I will sit down and shut up. Fucking hell! And um, how do you feel it performed domestically and globally? Well, as you said, it's Jim Carrey, so it'll it'll made its box office. I'd imagine. Yeah, I would say it would have met like domestic. It would have probably raked in forty, fifty million at least. And worldwide, mm. you, I can tell me the domestic. Domestic, it made it made sixty million. New. That was deemed a failure. That was deemed like fucking because of the star power that Kerry had. Aye, and that, and the films that he made before, like they fucking like made double and triple and quadruple the fucking plan that they made. So the fact that it kind of pulled yeah. in like just an extra 10, 15 was like, what? This is... I only, only made like an extra like 12, 13 mil. So like, no, we were expecting more. <laughs> this, I, I could see studios getting fucking pissed at that, but what was it worldwide? Well, see the thing is that I couldn't get a worldwide uh, estimation, but when I clicked on when I typed in Google and all that, it gives you domestic and it gives you the budget and then it gives you the global overall. Mm-hmm. And overall, it only made $102 million. So oh. apparently, going by the domestic, only made $40 million, like overseas. Oh. And like what I'm saying, like, I think that's why a lot of people didn't rate this that high because oh. of the role that fucking they played and that can... Like the label that is like also oh, Jim Carrey comedy and kind of like oh, I fucking bring your bearings and all that. Ah, Ace Ventura. You know, bring your bearings to this film, eh? Exactly. The like, mask. This film would probably have fucking kids fucking crying, man. Exactly. Ah, you're right. And then obviously, but then obviously the year later he went and made Liar Liar and that fucking Aye. right back cut the tap. Aye, it's weird, eh? I think uh, if it's just a dark subject I mean, I, matter. I think I prefer like Cable Guy to Liar Liar. Like, I love Liar Liar. I think it's fucking brilliant. 
Yeah, I'm a, uh, I'm a fan of and it is my fucking life. as pure as fucking top tier Jim Carrey like. Aye. And that's it. He's got a gimmick. The boy can't lie. Aye. So it's just meant for him to do so much fucking like get him in so many fucking sticky situations and mm. aye. Like some of the like the bit where he gets like pulled there for speeding. Like the postman's like, oh, you kind of fast you were going and all that, and he's like, ah, and he's like, and he's like, how fast? He tells him, and then he's like, is that all? And he's like, no. Uh-huh. And then he just fucking like he just rattles off this whole list of stuff that he'd done on the way to being arrested, and it's like, mm. I wonder how many times he fucking practiced that because to rattle all that off in one breath, because obviously by the time at the end of the sentence, and he's catching his breath. Does right? he know? Open the fucking glove box and all the parking tickets come out as well. <laughs> all the parking tickets. Aye. <laughs> all the speeding tickets. Aye. Uh, I've got two trivia notes here, which, in a Jim Carrey film, I fucking, it's going to be a few trivia like. Aye. The chicken skin scene, that was improvised. <laughs> like, there and then, that was improvised there and then. Aye. Oh Jesus! So, I, I mean, wonder... it's quite it's quite clever the fact they could have thought of that. Eh? Aye, and that's it. And it's good that you got like, given when... the leeway to do that shit. Aye, and and like the fact that like obviously like probably when me and you first watched it, we would never have had a clue, and it wouldn't have been till a few years later that we would have understood that reference. Aye, exactly. You know. Uh, and then the other one is the the. Basketball scene. I never actually oh, caught yeah. up on that. Aye. Um, that was. I wonder if that accrued to some of the budget because Jim Carrey can't play basketball to save his fucking life. <laughs> in the trivia notes. So basically, the cameras like had him like doing all the shots, and the Aye. fucking basketballs were all added in digitally, like fucking post production. Jesus. Yeah, so it was I, just I him, like, fucking, it would just be him like diving at the camera and making all these facial expressions and then, then that slam dunk and all that. Aye. It's all just him just fucking then just digitally adding basketball. And to be fair, I never even fucking noticed that. No, so I was not. Quite, 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 quite impressed with that. Exactly. Because when you look at some of the effects, some fucking like, digital effects in the late 90s and all that, and even early 2000s, some of them are really fucking Ropey. Bad. Totally, you could tell. But this was actually really well done. I was quite surprised. Like, mm-hmm. ah, he came off as a fucking prick in that sequence as well. We just kind of came uh, in and just absolute, just tried to be this fucking jock. And then the fucking the boost for the the slam dunk. Oh, when he stands on, he basically runs up Jack Black, Black's <laughs> back. Jack Black's back, exactly. <laughs> <sighs> And fucking smashes it. So, aye, I think that's us. That is the cable guy covered. So, um, obviously, it's been, I think it's been a month since we've we've done our uh, January discussion way back when we are talking about yeah. Crime Story and City Hunter. Um, so, obviously, we like to acknowledge the, the actors that have passed since our last recording and I mean there's been a couple don't think this is in any particular order but we have uh, Hal Holbrook I uh, yeah, it's father fucking Henry Faye 
Slovakia. Yes, aye. Uh, he was a Tony and Emmy Award winning actor, uh, famed for his portrayal of Mark Twain throughout his career, and playing the Watergate informant Deep Throat in 1967's All the President's Men. Uh, he passed away uh, on the 23rd of January at the age of 95. I was old like I'm trying to think fucking well because I watched I've been watching the Dirty Harry films oh aye and ended up being like one of the bad guys in that one like he was like fucking Clint Eastwood was like captain or whatever but he ends up being like a double cross and all that ah because that's it you were right when you said uh, The Fog because that was it he played the role of uh, Father Father Malone Malone, I Malone, that's it. But, but the boy had 125 acting credits. Yeah. So. I think what other fucking stuff I've seen him in recently. I think, uh, I think I if he would be doing much films lately, but. Aye, uh, well, that's it. I get age. So I reckon how active he would have uh, been. Uh, I had I mean, you also had... Oh, fuck, that's what it was. He was... He had... Um, he was in a couple of episodes of Sons of Anarchy. He was... Right. I, I want to say he was... Gemma's dad or somebody. Right, okay. Yeah. Yeah, right, right enough, he did have that credit. I, I couldn't remember his face, innit? But... Aye. It was a few episodes, wasn't it? Ah, it was like four or five episodes, eh? Mm-hmm. Had one episode in Sopranos. Ah, the, the dude got about. He was in, speaking of Jim Carrey, he was in uh, the Majestic with Jim Carrey. Ah, I do. I do think I've ever yeah. seen that one. Nah, it's over two and a half hours. Holy shit. <laughs> uh, interesting. So the plot around it is. It's set in the 50s there's a blacklist that a Hollywood writer gets into a car accident, loses his memory and settles down in a small town where he's mistaken for a long-lost son. Huh. Um, I'm trying to see if anybody else interesting is in that. Well, that was it. Through, obviously, researching for this episode, I did think today I would like to kind of have a deep dive at Jim Carrey's like, filmography because when you look at it, he hasn't done a lot. But when he does do something, it's a fucking huge hit. And there was kind of like uh, two or three titles in there that I was like, nah, I've never seen those. And it'd be like worth maybe picking up second-hand DVDs just to kind of tick the boxes. Because we've all seen kind of like his weird uh, number, like yeah. number 23. And I was like, kick-ass two. Oh, God. So like, he also has those like passion projects because I think number 23 was like a big one for him. But it was uh, so fucking different for what he normally does. I, mean, I always he, forget as well he was in that uh, the Bad Batch remember the Netflix oh like, like a cameo ah it was like a hermit uh, in it or something yeah uh, he was uncredited Anchorman 2 and but huh, Wonderstone man I fucking love that film I've never seen that yet oh man you, 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 if you find that fucking somehow on DVD man uh, watch yeah. it it's fucking Steve Carell's in it as well and Steve Buscemi it's fucking honestly man Aye, uh, that's I, brilliant. Like Jim Carrey plays like the like David Blaine fucking type character, right? And uh, that's fucking oh man, that's good. Probably the the one that's made the biggest dent like in like the Hollywood press was the passing of Christopher Plummer on the fifth of February. Yeah, 
and obviously uh, he passed away at the age of 91. He was like just one of these fucking great guys. Let's see, there's a quote here saying, Chris was an extraordinary man who deeply loved and respected his profession with great old-fashioned manners, self-deprecating humour, and the music of words, as long-time manager said in a statement. And of course, mm. like he's got credits with like The Sound of Music, uh, Beginners, and then obviously, kind of, it was strange, because he, he is, he's always kind of been there, but then he became like the fucking uh, like spacey replacer. Ah, because like, like, no matter how good a role he was in uh, For All the Money in the World, it's always going to be looked at as fucking that he was brought in to replace fucking Kevin Spacey. Yeah. Uh, aye. And that's... Is, but I fucking... I really want to see the Kevin Spacey cut it. Eh? Just and... to see if he does as good a job as fucking Christopher Plummer did it. Eh? And the thing is, it looked fucking awful from the trailers, wasn't it? He was in old man makeup with like a putty nose. Uh, uh... And like, if he wasn't getting put in cinematic jail for, for like... Uh, I was going to say diddling kids, but I was like, "What's that? Was was that? Was it? It was underage guys, anyway." No, nah, wasn't it a kid? Nah, it was. It was even a kid. It was, was fucking like, a fellow actor, eh? Like, oh, well, that's it. There, there, there definitely still... there, there, there was abuse going on. I think there was with some minors. Uh, but yeah, like I think, if there's going to be like a Snyder's cut. Where there's like a big online <laughs> campaign, give us the spacey cuts. I don't like, also, see like, that. When it come out that he fucking died, and I like I was looking through his filmography, and I'm like fucking can you always forget that he was in films like fucking Inside Man alongside like, Denzel. And, oh, like, of was, course. Uh, he, he had a sinister fucking like there was something there was something no quite right about his character because remember there was a lot of altercations with him and Jodie Foster. Yeah, aye. Uh, and then obviously recently I was uh, playing the role of fucking uh, Harlan Thromby. Oh, what's it? Thromby, aye. Aye, oh, and man. what, what a fucking film, to, like I was going to say, a film to go out on. He might have done some other roles before before he passed away, but Jesus, what a fucking great role he had in that film. I'm because obviously, like, like, you think that he's been murdered, but then obviously the rug gets pulled right from underneath you, like fucking halfway in at the film, eh? Yeah, and that's it. It's such a fucking clever story, and he had like the fucking choicest role in it, like the fucking centerpiece. Mm. But aye, and that's it. He's... He had a, he had two hundred and seventeen. What credits? Uh, credits. Uh, his last credit was twenty nineteen. Ah. And it was, they'd done a film after Knives Out. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think what fucking other shit he done. I've noticed him in. Well, that's it. I think he'd done like, his fair share of like animated stuff as well. And... Uh, he was in Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Can they oh, the, the Daniel Craig one. Fincher. The aye, Daniel Craig one, aye. Aye. And that's it. He was always kind of like in a lot of films, but he was always kind of to the side. He was never like a main guy. He would always kind of show up as like a strong supporting actor. And I think that's why uh, it's kind of hard to kind of remember what roles he's done. But I still feel like 
fucking knives out is a great accomplishment, like a great fucking send off. And you would kind of forget that he was like, like fucking ninety or eighty nine at that point. Exactly, because because he does have a lot of dialogue in it. Aye, and he's sharp. He's not. I, I reckon because they even had like the great gran in that film, and was he not like oh, five yeah. years or six <laughs> years older than her in real life? And she's supposed to be yeah. fucking portraying his mum. Oh man, that's fucking. That's like his mum, like. Aye. So, aye. That is it. That is us acknowledging those who have passed since we've last spoke. Obviously, that was more than we're used to, but with these breaks and recording, people <laughs> tend to pass away. And I mean, aye. I've not looked since these notes, but there hasn't been any big. Um, Normally, you notice when someone passes away, like it takes over Twitter, the Facebook, and uh-huh. but it, it, it's hard to miss these things. But okay, so next time on films and swearing, we're sticking to nineteen ninety six, and we're going to be returning with an action movie double bill. Dad, again, do we just say it, or do we leave it with some mystery? Nah, let's 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 leave it a mystery till like in. Record. Aye, that's I was I was meant to fucking build up. If people if people can know us and know what we've no talked about and all that and can aye, like what's the big action films in nineteen ninety six? It's it's feeling exactly. So they'll guess. Uh, If you want to hit us up on social media, you can with uh, at fas podcast and at. Mikey Van B for Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd. You can see what we're talking about, what we're tweeting, what fucking shit we're buying and posting on Instagram, and of course what uh, we have been watching. I've on been watching a lot of shit. I'm already at like forty-three or forty-four films for this month already. God damn! I'm maybe getting to twenty, almost at twenty. I've recorded a bunch of stuff off the telly, so I'm gonna watch that. I mean, film four showed Halloween yeah. three last week. I recorded it. I I, I should have because I really wanted to watch it again. I really just I, I fucking as much as it unsettles me. I just I fucking Aye. just watch the film and see the pelican getting his fucking nose fucking pretty much ripped out and all that. Oh, the fucking head ripped off shoulders. The, Tom Atkins Aye, sleeping with teenage fucking, lasses. Or the fucking, the, remember the fucking bit with the wee the woman in the room next door? Oh. Fiddling about with the thing and it just it fucking chars her mouth open. <laughs> then all the wee bugs crawl out. That is such a gross film. Mm. It's good, but Jesus. And you still need to watch fucking Okja as well and then you need to fulfill your duty. Oh, aye. Our long-standing bet. <laughs> yeah. I, still, I went and checked the other day just to make sure that it was still streaming on Netflix. Oh, well, that's it. I got my finger out. Ah, they they fucking uh, distributed it. I don't think they produced it, but they were. That was like one of their early when Netflix started putting films out. That was like number two or three. So uh, that should aye, always kind of stick aye, about. Aye. I've seen a double. I double checked as well though. I made sure that Netflix was still fucking streaming Hereditary and all. Oh that. yeah. Aye. <laughs> Ugh. It's coming like. <laughs> I did, I feel a wee bit better now thinking, well, there's worse things in the world like fucking Possessor. There's far messier films out there. Did you watch it yet? Did you watch it yet? What? 
possessor. No, no. Nah, man, I'm fucking good at the house. That, that fucking, the woman on the front cover looks like the cunt at Robocop after all the shit spills on him. I don't, don't want to watch that. No. Nah. Just. Just, just, just watch it at night, just watch it at night, but it's just a sale. Didn't even, nah. didn't even get fucking Margaret to watch it because she'll probably fucking hate me for making you watch it. Because there's that, and it's got fucking Cronenberg on the cover. Like, nip, 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 nip. Ah, man, aye. Let's oh. watch it, though. Ugh. I'm good. Uh, <laughs> and then a glass of water after that. Aye, just, oh. I just keep seeing that kind of Robocop in my head now. <laughs> Before it gets fucking run over. Uh. <laughs> anyway, ladies and gentlemen, bugger off and tune in next time.